0: Make choices instead of excuses, and find the laughs in every day. That's the message of Lisa David Olson, the author of Laughs on Rye, an improviser's memoir on episode number 147 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller.
1: Humor saved my life because there was a night, I was about 15 or 16, and I was holding a handful of Darvacet. I can picture them. There there were blue capsules at that time. How I got them, I don't know. And I held them, and I had water, and I can picture the room I was in. It was a paneled bedroom and basement bedroom, and I'm holding the pills, and I'm trying to decide. And I thought, you know, Carol Burnett's show is on. (laughs) And I chose to go watch Carol Burnett. Hi, this is Pat Craker, and I've been a guest of the Beyond Adversity podcast, uh, working with Dr. Brad Miller, who has a passion for moving people forward. We all experience adversity in our life. That's how we learn. Make Dr. Brad's podcast a part of your routine in listening to his inspiration and advice.
0: Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller, the podcast where we help you to overcome and face adversity in your life and to navigate through it and to come out to a place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. At our website, drbradmiller.com, we have just lots of resources and lots of great guests who share their stories of how they overcame adversity and achieve their own life of peace prosperity and purpose one of the best ways you can do that everybody is to laugh one of the things i do is i send my adult children jokes dad jokes and they send me they make me laugh a lot as well having a good laugh every day can help you to manage and to get through adverse conditions now that's the message of our guest to uh, of our guest today on Beyond Adversity. Her name is Lisa David Olson. She is a comedian. She's a speaker, an author, a performer. She has a podcast called Stranger Connections, and she's the author of Laughs on Rye, S W R Y, an Improviser's Memoir. But she speaks out of out of her own experiences, some of them tragic and traumatic, dramatic experiences from her childhood where she had to grow up re- really quickly and how that unique perspective helped her to learn how to live her life and help her to teach and to thrive. And she has an attitude about her life, about what if and why not. She'll make you laugh and you maybe cry just a little bit because of the, of the circumstances that she shares about in our conversation here today. But it's important to remember to laugh, share humor. We'll get you through the worst incidents. Our guest today is Lisa David Olson. She blogs at lisa lisadavidolson.com and her podcast is Stranger Connections. Let's welcome her to Beyond Adversity right now. Lisa David Olson, she's a creative coach, a speaker, and she uh, deals with folks in leadership. And she talks about how humor has helped save her life. Lisa, welcome to Beyond Adversity.
1: Thank you for having me on this show. I'm, I'm honored to be among your guests. You have a, a fabulous show that is worth listening to catch all the episodes because there's some nugget in there for That's whatever awesome. you're feeling that day. That's well, what I found.
0: Well, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I really, really appreciate that, Lisa. And and you're going to be a part of that process here because I know that you have had some challenges in your life to overcome, and you've done so by approaching with humor and by uh, speaking and teaching and leadership. But tell us a little bit about your story, about uh, where you found yourself in life, where you needed to find some process or a place to cope with the situations in situation, your life. And just tell us your story.
1: I grew up with three siblings and two parents, and. My mother was a functioning alcoholic. And when you grow up that way, you don't know that that's not just the way everybody's house is. Um, I, there was many nights where she would be in one of her rages and pull pull us out of bed or, you know, make you admit who did what. It was always a physical abuse thing and screaming, screaming at my dad. My dad would kind of just fade away, disappear, ignore it. And back in the day, you know, because I grew up, uh, I was born in 65. So when I grew up, people didn't jump into situations or interrupt a family dynamic. like they would now, a teacher would help or an adult would, mm-hmm. would say, something seems off. Right. So back then it was just, you dealt with it. So you couldn't have friends over because you didn't know what would happen in the night. Sleepovers just weren't a thing. And I always felt, quite the outcast at school. I thought everybody knew what was going on. And, you know, once you figure out other houses aren't like that and you find out what normal families are. So it it was a long road of dealing with being physically abused and the dynamic of how my siblings dealt with it. So one is um, very different. She ended up with fibromyalgia, which I really find must be connected somehow to the mental abuse and the physical abuse. As well as um, she became obese and she ended up having surgeries for that. Then my second, next second sibling also dealt with obesity, addiction issues, and he's doing great right now. And then the last one, the fourth one, the baby was pretty much not really pulled into those situations, somehow he was protected. And so he definitely has mental issues and I'm not in touch with him anymore, but I've offered to get him help, but it, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't welcome. So when you grow up that way and you all go your own ways, instead of becoming obese, I became scared of food. I didn't want to become fat or big or anything like that. I didn't want to be that different. I'm already different. So I, I had an eating disorder the other way. <clears throat> My escape from all of that was humor, humor saved my life? Because there was a night I was about fifteen or sixteen, and I was holding a handful of Darbacet. I can picture them. There, there were blue capsules at that time. How I got okay. them, I don't know. Wow. I'm, I'm assuming I got them from my mother's stuff. I don't know. And I held them, and I had water, and I can picture the room I was in. It was a paneled bedroom, and you know, a, a blue plaid bedspread, and. You know, the whole 70s bedroom vibe, a dark basement bedroom. And I'm holding the pills and I'm trying to decide. And I thought, you know, Carol Burnett's show is on. I, <laughs> I don't that. want to miss Carol Burnett. Yeah. We didn't have DVR and all these things. You you either saw the show or you didn't. And I chose to go watch Carol Burnett. And from there, I knew that laughter was an excellent endorphin buzz. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I I knew that laughter was a an endorphin buzz, although I didn't know the words at that time, really. Mm-hmm. But it was a great escape. And you could pretend to be whoever you wanted to be. <laughs> you could just seek humor and escape in a sketch or a parody song or, you know, putting two ideas together to make a new idea. And from there on, I was hooked on comedy. And growing up when I later, I, I left at 17. I was out of that house. Okay. I did not finish school. I quit school. I took off. I've always worked. And my parents were not really engaged with me in the sense that, you know, we should really look at how school's going for you. We should really make sure you're going to graduate and stuff. <clears throat> that wasn't a thing. So I, I took off at 17 and always found my way through work and found good relationships and humor became my business. Years later. So I ran and performed in a comedy troupe for two decades where we wrote sketch comedies and do improvisation shows where we go into a business party and give me a, a place where two people would meet, kind of like that show Whose Line Is It Anyway?
0: Right. I'm, I'm very familiar with that. My son, oh. has been, one of my sons, has been involved with that. So, yes.
1: Yes. So you know what that's like in that mm-hmm. great escape. <clears throat> so that's where I come from. And so I, when I speak, I speak about the trauma, I speak about coming through it. And I eventually wrote a book. And that came out in 2018, Laughs on Rye, W-R-Y. And I share about my journey. But it's a book of joy and pranks. I'm a prank queen. I'm horribly annoying because I'm always pranking people. And well, I don't find it annoying. I say it's a gift. Well, it,
0: it, let's just hit the pause for a second there. Let's hear about one cool and awesome prank that you did. I know we've been talking about some serious stuff here, but let's just take a pause and hear about some cool prank that you really got somebody.
1: Heck, yeah. How do I choose one? By day, <laughs> I work with um, police officers, and I, I find it very fun to hide and jump out, although it's it's really more of of joy for myself because they don't react, you know, they're trained. So it's really dumb. So um, I love to put bubble wrap under rugs or snap and pops in. um, Do you know what those are, Brad? you know where those little, Oh yeah. You throw them down and they pop. Yeah.
0: They pop on the sidewalk or whatever. Yeah. I, I've, I've scared people with those things before suddenly. Yeah. Go ahead. But finish your story. Yeah.
1: The wonderful thing to do with those is you tape them into the door hinge of the bathroom I'd say six is the right number. Yeah. Okay. So when someone goes into the bathroom and shuts the door, pow! <laughs> so I love <laughs> to do that. I've gotten my sons up in the night to go to school and they believed it was school time. And it really, I, it wasn't a school day and we would drive to the school and I go to drop them off and it's, nobody's there. The shades are down. So then I took them to breakfast or I've moved my husband's car when he's at an appointment because I have a spare key. I mean, there are. I've hidden. I'll hide in a closet for a half hour if I know you're coming back. I'm. I'm so good. I. I can bring water and a granola bar, and I'll hang out just because I know you're going to go put the vacuum back, or you're going to yeah. come to the laundry room because you've got you to be it. a
0: blast to hang around with, and also a person that <laughs> that sometimes people probably go enough already. Is that kind of stuff? You know.
1: <laughs> well, I am on my third husband. If that's oh, any indication. well.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm. I wasn't going there yet. But hey, you know, that that teaches us something, doesn't it? So
1: Oh, I do tend to wear people out.
0: Okay, very good. Very good. So you used humor and you ran improv groups to help you to deal with this trauma growing up. And how's it going? How's it working out for you?
1: Yeah, I decided to sunset the group this past January, because two decades, I thought, you know, I always like to leave something when it's still good. And boy, did I not realize that I would not have a choice that we couldn't have shows, <laughs> but I did sunset it in January. It's not to say I wouldn't still do an improv show, but our full on comedy shows, we would write for six months and perform for three weekends. So we would write parodies about our town, wow. whether it would be many potholes on this main street. And we would do a musical about potholes or, you know, roundabouts in in traffic was a big deal yes. in our town. So we had yeah. um, a whole theme about that so we also um my husband has is in this troupe as well and was also the director so we still continue to write comedy and do creative things but that was a a beautiful thing for me because finding my comedy troupe and accepting people that I trust was one of the biggest lessons for me because Mm -hmm. I'm not a person that says well they're family what are you gonna do yeah. That's just not me. I okay. only speak to one sibling nowadays.
0: So the trust the trust issue is enormous here. And so the trust has led you to putting uh, greater faith, really, in your friends that you've made through comedy than really the family you grew up with in many ways. Is that a fair thing to say?
1: Absolutely true. its It's because when you've been in a comedy troupe with people for that long, and we didn't have people in and out that much. I had a mm-hmm. core group. And when you enter a scene... And I'll use my, my great friend Tracy as an example. Let's pretend I missed my name. The audience chose that I was going to be Betty and I'm at the library. Let's pretend I'm, I, my mind went somewhere else and I missed it. Just by looking at my eyes, she would know mm. that I, she needed to fill in my name. So maybe I'd say, hey, Linda. And then she'd, she'd know that I forgot my own name or something. Okay. She had my back. On, in that scene, I committed to the scene anyway, and I committed, and I knew that no matter what, we were going to go forward together having each other's backs to make a, a great connection with the audience, to, to have a conflict and an outcome. That's committing to a scene. And when I work with people now, I use that analogy because you commit to whether you have a partner, whether you have a coworker, whether you have a child. You commit to that conversation as you're seen and you go with it. You let them be heard yeah. and you have their back.
0: And there's a bit of a, take it a bit of risk or a leap of faith. What are you going to call it with that other person that has to be uh, built on trust? You know, there's a book I read a while back called the speed of trust that things go well uh, in an organization or in a relationship. When you have a high level of trust, if you have distrust, which you sound like you had from your, you know, kind of rough upbringing there, then, things don't go so well. They get stalled and stuck. And and you you did some stuff here, but you took action. And you know, a lot of people, uh, Lisa, get stuck, don't they? A lot of people Absolutely. get... You, know, you mentioned already about your siblings have had their own challenge, their own ways of coping or not coping. And in this world we live in right now, a lot of people are uh, either not coping or they're coping in some destructive manners. And tell, tell us a little bit about... You've already mentioned a couple of things, I believe, but I believe when you in order to get out of these ruts, we find ourselves in, you got to break the pattern. You got to do something out of the ordinary. You got to i call it bold action and just uh, tell us a little more about some of the things you did that kind of broke the pattern or really, you know, stressed yourself a little bit to help you move beyond that place of your home life to something better
1: here. I believe life is choices, not excuses. And you can scroll through Facebook and find plenty of whining and, excuses and victim mentality Mm, yes you get one spin on this big rock and whether you believe in the next realm or whether you believe there's nothingness um people are wild about what's your word for the new year and what's your resolution i don't do that because you set yourself up to to be stuck in that and you have to prove it to someone why because tomorrow i might decide i'm going to paint with my feet tomorrow i might decide I'm going to cut off all my hair and when people state this is my resolution I'm and congrats if it works for you that's great my world because of the way I grew up is each day is a new year resolution each day is your chance to set an intention and make it work for you some people want to be outward with it but it's choices not excuses Mm. So yes, things are going to happen to you. And if you have a young child, explain that to them out of the bat in in the smallest and, and, you know, gentlest of ways. But it's how you deal with it and how you choose to go around it.
0: Yeah. And that's adversity. Adversity is circumstances that happen, whatever it is, certainly in the year 2020, we had all kinds of stuff happen that was just traumatic and traumatic. And some people handled it okay and kind of reset and reframed and reformulated their life and other people devastated by it. And sound like you have chosen this pathway in humor and humor and writing and creativity to, to do some things. And that, that's good. And Tell us about how you mentioned about how you made those kind of those conscious decisions yourself. And then you connect with other people. Was there any sensitivity about a force greater than yourself, uh, meditation or spirituality or anything that kind of was entered your life from outside that helped you in this process of, of moving out of uh, uh, a bad place to a better place?
1: I think early on noting that, the way my siblings would handle different things and it didn't seem the healthiest of ways. I know it now that I, I would see that. And to me, I, I really thought I've, I got to go and it is fight or flight. And that's not a great thing to have, but mm-hmm. that's where my anxiety lies and I still have a therapist. So everybody, everybody should have that professional to bounce ideas off of. And it's, it's a fight or flight thing. And when you realize that that's your pattern, you try and and grab it. So for me, my grounding, my, my aha is that we don't know what's out there, whether you believe it or you don't awesome. If you can, I, but for me, it's, this is the day I have just this past summer, we lost somebody to a car accident and it is devastating. And it it was a young friend um, of my son's. And if you don't think that, looking at that situation and seeing how my son is, is it's he's forever changed. You better make the most of today and working in a police department and, and being very aware of how things can change like that. Right. You better do your thing. Don't say, Oh, 2019 can just go out the window because 2020 is my year. Look how that went. You were saying that all your hope is in a year. And now we're saying, I'm glad 2020 is in the past. Yay. You can't put it on a year (laughs) because we don't know that 2021 isn't going to have some other kind of issue. We don't really know about this vaccine. I'm sorry. I'm I'm like, Hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yay. We don't know that hand gel isn't going to affect us. So we better go, you know what? I'm having dessert. I'm going to have ice cream for breakfast. I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to start running. And if I don't continue running, that's my thing it's choices not excuses and you don't have to prove it to anyone just Mm -hmm. do what makes you healthy happy grounded and so for me speaking of grounded or or the next the best place that i i am at is either doing yoga or out in my garden pulling weeds and being in the dirt And that is so meditative to me. You just can't believe it. And there's so many lessons with plants. And I told my husband recently, because it's winter here in Minnesota. And I said, I miss the garden so much. I've got to find my thing. I said, because I don't know if I've told you this, honey, but I thank my plants. And he's just looking at me. I go, I do. I water (laughs) the flowers. I say, thank you for your beauty. You're doing great. Hang in there. You know, the rabbits nibbled, you know what you provided, but I do yell at the rabbits. I have to admit.
0: Well, you, I just, yeah. Well, the uh, what you're talking about connecting with something, you know, nature, and and uh, of course, a part of yoga is the meditative sort of things. It's about yes, centering your. Uh, integrating your physical body with your spiritual form, whatever we want to call that, and your breathing exercises and all that type of thing—that's all so important. But yeah, I just saw something here recently. You're talking about plants. I know my my uh, one of my my sons. I have two sons who had to move in with our adult sons in their 20s who moved in with us during the COVID crisis. Yes, and, we all uh, have
1: our creative family <laughs> right now.
0: But uh, yes, and he, uh, but, you know, he's But he been looking more and more into his house plants and other gardening type things. And I did a little research with it. And there are this uh, process uh, that some people are doing where they sing to their plants and or they have a uh, music playing or whatever, uh, different things. And they find that those plants are thriving more than the ones that are just kind of left left alone so I
1: I love knows? that
0: who knows I don't know much about it but uh, there is some research on that that I found well if your son wants to
1: share a video I definitely would would watch it I think yeah. I could learn from that well, I love I'm, that
0: I uh, encourage that to uh, I'm encouraging him to do that that type of thing and
1: certainly well, and a lot of us say goodbye to our pets when we leave I'll be right back fluffy yes, yes you be yes. good fluffy
0: <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> so we, we could do
1: that to our house plants little well, philodendron
0: yeah, and that's kind of what we are doing for our own well-being. You know, we're trying yes. to uh, have a conversation, a dialogue, if it, as it were, to uh, make a connection with something, you know, beyond ourselves, even if it's our plant or our pet or whatever, you know. Yes. And, uh, some people, I know some people who have names for their car, for instance. And, <laughs> right. You know, c- come on, Betty, <laughs> start up this morning, you know, it's cold <laughs> this morning or whatever it is.
1: Does you your know. car have a
0: name? Uh, my car, uh, has a name, but I'm not going to repeat it. Uh, but, uh, right, right now, you know, just, uh, <laughs> it's, not, not, it, it, it's, it's, okay. I'm intrigued. I, 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 one of my old cars, I used to just call it Norton, you know. Oh, that's you know,
1: so. good. I like that.
0: Yeah. This one, <laughs> I guess I call this one when I'm feeling good about the one I have. It's Goldie cause it's gold. It's a gold car. So. Oh, cute. Yeah. But, uh, Hey, let's talk about people for a second. People. It's you seem you have a podcast where you like to connect up with unique characters. And I, every comedian I've ever known, pretty much most of them, they have some sort of a sensitivity about being really good noticers or observers of people. And I certainly know that folks who are doing any kind of improv type theater have to be very sharp about observing things and that type of thing. Let's talk about the importance of relationships with people to help you to navigate some of the bad stuff. I'm talking about healthy relationships. You mentioned some negative relationships that you had and some challenges, you know, you may have had in marriage and things like that. But let's talk about the power of your troop, of your family, of others that helps you to navigate uh, some of the bad stuff in life. Tell me about functional people in your life that may be helpful to you. And maybe that can be a lesson for others.
1: Well, yes, I am twice divorced, but I'm also friends with my, both my ex-husbands and my first husband and I had two sons and now my husband and I share five sons and my husband is friends with my first husband. And, you know, since we've been married, they became friends. So that part is because I believe holding the bitterness and, and yelling about your ex, you're still holding on to something that you haven't worked through. And so if you make a kid with somebody, you're connected forever. Yep. <laughs> so true. you better know that forever. I don't care if you get divorced. But looking at relationships, one of the things with my podcast, Stranger Connections, you brought that up, is that I want to know the quirkiest careers, the strangest life stories. And I don't know if it's a Midwest thing, if it's a comedy thing, but I'm a storyteller by nature and I seek those. I've had people on, I had a a Zen monk. He was a Zen monk for nine years and then he left. Guess what I want to know? What made you leave? What are you doing now? Are you married? (laughs) You know, excuse me. And so uh, another guest I had, he is a young guy who carries around a 40 pound wooden gnome. Think of the uh, shipmate gnome, a wooden gnome. They go around doing adventures. And it's Jeej and Ahab. And they go and travel. They have done skydiving. They've done adventures. They've climbed mountains. And so you can go to his website, Jeej and Ahab Adventures, and see all these pictures of this gnome. And people want selfies with this gnome. Wow, That's the kind of people I'm talking to. One lady can talk to your pets through Zoom chats. Liz Murdoch. She's a pet psychic. And so she did that for me and my dog. And she came up with some stuff that was really interesting, have an open mind and learn people's stories. And even before my podcast, I am a a very curious beast. And I came up with a project to myself, a dare to myself, which was, I want selfies with somebody. I don't know. How weird is that? How Mm -hmm. random is that? And obviously it was pre COVID. I went up to these two young ladies who had just gotten big scoops of ice cream picture, one is big and blue, and one is probably cotton candy, bright and pink, and a waffle cone, and they're standing next to the ice cream shop by a brick wall. Look at that picture. Isn't that beautiful, you know, in your mind? And I went up to them, and I and they were so jovial. Who You can't be sad and eat ice cream. Let's just say yes, that.
0: there you go. Of course.
1: <laughs> so I went up to them, and I said, hey, can we get a picture together? I'm so sorry. <clears throat> I am so sorry that you're going to have to probably edit everything.
0: Good. No problem. Let's keep... I said,
1: I walked up to these young ladies and I said, can we get a picture together? And they said, well, sure. And I said, here's the caveat. We can't smile. Let's be serious. So I bring up my phone and I said, all right, ready. And we took this picture. They're standing there with ice cream and straight faces, no smiles. And we laughed so hard and thus began my project, which is serious selfies with strangers. That's what I hashtag it Okay. All right.
0: Awesome. And
1: those are in my book as well. So then what I did was I would write the story with some of the photos because a lot of them are on my Facebook page. But I would write the stories of the blues guy in Chicago who really had a hard time not smiling. And the lady I met in a garden, she had this big hat on and a public garden, not my own. There's no stranger in my yard. But all these stories. But what came of this was true and lasting friendships. I did not expect that. Simply by engaging by getting your head out of your hand computer and speaking with someone and we've learned each other's stories and become friends and some of them were at my book signing and I mean it's just we've gone out to dinner we've stayed connected we check on each other we watch each other's dogs, well, simply from the act of connecting.
0: Well, that is, that is awesome because then you've got out of your comfort zone and you did some things unusual and involved building relationships in unusual ways. And, and even what you mentioned earlier about how you had a bit of a connection over kind of a tragic event, you know, the loss of the, fr- your uh, son's friend, you know, those are, these are memorable times when you both well, the, you know, kind of like the comedic and the tragic are kind of, you know, two sides of the. Human drama there, but we remember those times when we have had uh, relationships have been built on something out of the ordinary, you know, extraordinary things. And I know just my 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 selfie story I'll share with you real real brief is that, that several, several years ago, my uh, three kids, my two, I have three kids, three adult kids. My two sons are kind of smart, Alex, and they uh, my birthday's in the summertime, and they gave me a T-shirt as a goof of my getting old, it was about, it had a picture of Mr. Rogers on it and just said, it's all good in the hood, you know? And, and, and so, but we all went to the state fair, which was a couple weeks later. And all of a sudden, all these people started coming up. Well, I love your t-shirt man. And uh, cause it's Mr. Rogers, all good in the hood, you know, play on the kind of stuff. I'm getting old, whatever. And my son's would be there. And I said, come here, I'm gonna take a selfie with you. So I took 35 selfies from just random people at the state fair who just wanted my, their picture taken with this old fat guy with the let's go in the hood t-shirt. So my kids <laughs> were trying to, all of a sudden these kids were trying to goof on how big, what a big, you know, big old nerd I am. Suddenly I was super cool about that. So I turned the tables on.
1: And how did that so, feel? That you awesome. felt you're special awesome. that day. I still,
0: still got those pictures. And actually I did it two or three years in a row. At the state fair, so there you go. Uh, it was, you know it was-
1: that could be a great photo book. You can do that online I, and make yeah. a book and give it to your kids next I, year.
0: I got those uh, in my phone, and that is a good idea. That might be a good idea there because so,
1: uh, they because they brought all that joy and all those people wanted to be in on it, and that's well, what I'm talking about. Humor as a connector, but then now you can return the gift to your kids and going, "Ha, you probably thought I wasn't going to wear it out there, yeah. but now." Well, we no, I'm a re- famous guy,
0: and we all remember that we have a good, 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 good time with it, and uh, the, the <laughs> I love it. Of stuff. And they especially liked it when there was a bunch. There was some sort of a cheerleader contest going on. So, you know, all these <laughs> high school cheerleaders <laughs> run around, you know, all their little outfits and everything. And they yeah. all wanted their picture taken with me too. And they sold. Oh
1: my this, gosh! You know, I would my, love to see my, these.
0: Yeah, this whatever. So, but uh, I'll I'll do something with that. But uh, the the connection of humor is so important. You know, if we can't laugh, we can't have a good time then it's going to be really hard to get through bad stuff, isn't it? If you can't have a laugh at sometimes.
1: Humor is healthy. It raises your endorphins. It's a buzz. And when you were talking about the group, of course, they were, let's just go to the cheerleaders and they're all in their uniforms and you're all giggling and you take this photo and then there's the second wave of laughter. And what happens is the next interaction that they go to, it's also the, the passing along, the ripple effect of joy. Yes. And yes. if you're in an office and there's laughter over by somebody's desk, you're drawn to it. Mm-hmm. If there's laughter in a public area, a store, we're drawn to it. It crosses the boundaries of age, ethnicity, you know, a language barrier, anything. It doesn't matter. If we're laughing at a visual, funny thing, somebody walks in in one of those blown up T Rex costumes, we're going to laugh and we don't need to speak the same language or be in the same neighborhood or anything. And it takes all your attention for that, let's just say, 10 seconds of engagement. You're not looking in your phone. You're not transacting. You're not doing your other things. You are absolutely in that moment. And humor is the only thing that will actually do that, besides a tragedy, of course. But then your ripple effect is that joy that you're going to give to the next phone call your honor well, to the next it,
0: employee. Even on the tragedy thing, you know, I've been privileged. I uh, may to you, I'm a pastor, so I've done hundreds of funerals in my life. Oh, sure. And one of the things I find interesting when I do a funeral is at home, many times when people talk, they talk about, you know, the, the times of laughter and pleasure yes. and joy that the uh, the person who passed away brought. And so there's often at a funeral or the dinners and that kind of stuff, a lot of laughter. And that's very healing and and. Life affirming, and that. That's oh,
1: and thank you for the work you do. That is so important because I'm sure that you are the one that can bring the the peace to people and and open that forum to make the joy happen. And right now, that's what we've been missing with quarantine.
0: Yeah. As much as
1: people would say, "I'm not going to that service. I don't. I don't do funerals. I don't do hospitals." Now people crave that because now you know that we need that connection.
0: Well, the connection is crucial, as you're saying, and that's one of the things that I think in trying to help people get through adversity, you know, if you go through it alone, if you go through it in isolation or disconnected from others, it's really tough, and that's part of the isolationism is trying to, uh, you know, of the quarantines and so on, is trying to find a way to to, uh, respond to that in a healthy way that's still safe and healthy and so on and but humor is one of those things that can do it but let's let's talk for a minute about i I really i'm interested in this connection as we talk about kind of between the emotional and the spiritual and the physiological and also the cognitive the, the mental part of it and i consider part of the cognitive part of this lisa how how we kind of are become very intentional about our actions so tell me about any habits or disciplines or processes or uh, practices that you may have that help you, you know, I'll, I'll give you a quick example. I'm thinking of the comedy world. I just happened to hear a podcast with Jerry Seinfeld where he says he writes like 30 minutes every day, some comedic type thing. and keeps that going. What are some practices or things that you do to keep you sane or keep you healthy, keep you moving forward here?
1: Um, I've never been called sane and that's, <laughs> that's okay. Um, I am definitely, I have to be organized, I have a wall in front of me with all my notes and all my reminders and that sort of thing. I wrote a journal and it is all about tips that I learned from my 20 years of performing. There are a lot of tips from just improv life and all that. So that's one of my things is creativity. And in my journal, if you just flip to a page, it might inspire you to try something new to finish a project or to look at it in a different way. So when I have clients and maybe uh, one friend is trying to get more uh, traction on a book that she just launched, well, what an awful time to have this book launch because you could normally do a big party and people, if they're sipping adult beverages are more likely to buy or just to gather and support you. You can't. So We talked about different ways to launch her book online and she has been having very good success that way. And I gave her like four different branches that just, you know, when I talk to somebody, I guess I have an intuition with knowing what they have. I'm not saying I'm psychic, but to listen to yes. And it to build off what they are and to make it very unique to them so that people are drawn to them. So it's, it's all about creativity and trying new things. And put two ideas together. I mean, I could go on and on about improv tips, but to sure. put two ideas together in improv looks like it's the it's a grocery store within McDonald's. Why not? So now we're gonna do a scene like that. And it's crazy yeah. and it's silly.
0: Well, you're starting to kind of put down the process and and put a framework on it, put some you know mm-hmm. some- direction to that. And that's, uh, that's what I mean. You know, we can, we can have all these random thoughts and all these type of things or emotions and whatever have you, but there comes a time. I find people who successfully overcome adverse conditions. Oftentimes have had some sort of a system, some sort of a way to organize their life in order to process stuff. And that that's awesome. And
1: well, and a when- great example is with the quarantine, look how many people, and I don't know if you're active on Facebook as much as I am, but look how many people thought, I'm going to learn how to make sourdough bread just from scratch. Uh, in in the,
0: in the house, so many creative things, people just finding ways to use their time. Yes. Uh, in some ways, out of their, you know, the, the, the excuse many of us had, myself excluded, of, hey, I just didn't have the time to do this. They didn't apply anymore. All of a sudden, you're home. Nice. You know, yes. you're stuck at home and you either can uh, veg out on your phone or your computer or your TV or you can do something else. And, A significant number of people have chosen to do something else, but also share it with others. And that's part of the joy we have, of being able to share on things like, you know, Zoom and Facebook and other things. You know, there's lots of challenges to modern technology, but there's certainly a lot more blessings, I think, to what we, we have going on. I mean, if this crazy pandemic thing had happened even 10 years ago, it'd been much more challenging in terms of people to, you know, work at home, for instance, you
1: know, very true. That wouldn't have been a thing. No, Mm -hmm. that's very true. So everybody's becoming more creative because, you know, I started painting. I do little miniature paintings and it, it just settles me. So it's instead of thinking what a crappy thing 2020 was, what about your reset? What about your, the creativity you tapped into? What about the books you finished mm -hmm. or the, the people you connected with simply because you can't say, well, we can't go out. Well, you sure can do a quick Zoom chat like this and mm-hmm. and stay in your pajamas and whatever. Sure.
0: Well, speaking of books and also things that people can be doing to help one another, you your your your, your site is lisa com, and your book is Laughs on Rye, an Improviser's Memoir. And there's some things there that I think that could be helpful to people and particularly I'd like for you to speak if you don't mind. To you know, you know, you work with people as well in, in consulting and coaching. What are some things? Give us. I'd like to hear a success story. A success story, or was someone that you've had an interaction with that you've had some influence on that that you've seen some transformations, transition happen. And I'm sure you have some of those. So share with us one of those stories, if you will.
1: Absolutely. Um. One of the the great things that happened when I wrote my book, and then there's a lot more laughs than there is tragedy, but I do openly share a lot of things about my life, but it's, it's the whole roller coaster. And each section has my, li- my own life lesson at the, after this short chapter. I call them snippets. And one of the great things that happened from that is people coming to me, and I didn't expect this, and saying how brave I was. And I was like, well, I was scared. Yeah, I guess I was brave in sharing this actual story. And it certainly didn't sit well with with certain family members and that's okay. They can tell their side. They can tell their version because we all have our version, but to have somebody come up to me and it was a grown man older than me in tears. And he held on to me at, this was when I could have my, my book launch was in person. Right. And he told me how brave I was and that he was now brave enough to share his story and that he had a background like that as well. And he was holding it in all these years and he was just crying.
0: Hmm. I didn't
1: expect that. Yeah. And when I, when I'm doing my speaking, cause I, I can do virtual speaking. I was, I've been doing speaking for a long time and I share those things. And it, and it's, it's the interactive moment that when somebody will come up to me after an event, because I'm interactive and I encourage them, they find the bravery of trying something new or they try, you know, they say, I hadn't thought of that. And it's really a permission to play and we all have it inside of us. So that's my challenge to listeners is dare yourself daily. And that's what my um, journal is, is what ifs and why nots. And I encourage people to dare yourself daily. And that could mean simply getting dressed, actually doing your hair, even though you're going nowhere. It could mean learning guitar, learning something online. We're all very creative. And there's no reason not to try it today because we have today. And that's Mm
0: -hmm. that's
1: a great gift.
0: And that's all we're guaranteed is today. So yeah. Yeah. And I love that phrase, turn of phrase, dare yourself daily. So that's awesome. Well, Lisa, if, if folks go to your website and want to get your book, how can they do so? And what are they going to find there? What's going they are going to find to help them in their life?
1: Yes. Yes. My website is, is basically about my book. I am going to revamp that and more about my speaking and, and my creative mentoring and if you need a, an accountability buddy, message me on Facebook and we can connect. I love to do Zoom calls. And so Facebook is my main thing. And on Facebook, besides Lisa David Olson Facebook page, I invite you over to find my comedy page, which is Counter And it's my cyber clubhouse of fun. And all we do is we interact, we share memes, and it's, it's PG-13, nothing rough. And people can interact with each other. And it's puns and it's silly. And I got a thousand people in two months. I had no idea. And I get messages, even last night. Thank you so much for bringing joy. When I need a laugh, I go to counterclockwise. And that made my day. That made my day, for sure, to get a compliment. Well,
0: that, And the that's other awesome. thing is,
1: is, make sure that you reach out to somebody when you think of them. Just send them a quick message, text, or email. And that's my other thing I want to challenge people to do is invite you. You thought of Sally. Send her a note. Hey, Sally, I thought of you today. And I just want to know, I smiled. I hope you're doing well. That's awesome. It, it makes a difference.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So thank you for sharing that. And I love the message of humor and puns and that type of thing. And in fact, I've got a book of uh, my Wife and kids got me a book of puns. They went they, uh, for Christmas here a week or two ago because they think I need some new material, so maybe i 'll go to you and your your Facebook page for some new material Please you
1: can take a picture of something and share it in counterclockwise. We would love it, and everybody yeah. will pun with you it's there you great. go
0: there you go and we 'll certainly put the links to all of that on our uh, on our uh, website drbradmiller.com but for today 's been our pleasure and joy to have Lisa David Olson with us. She's the author of Laughs on Rye, and she is a creative coach, and she can be helpful to you at her website, lisadavidolson.com. Thank you for being our guest today, Lisa, on Beyond Adversity. I want to thank Lisa David Olson for being our guest today on Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. I hope you heard that this wasn't only about just the humor for the yucks of it, the, the laughs of it, but... She was very vulnerable about her life, about growing up in difficult circumstances, including circumstances where she was close to taking her own her own life, and how something as simple as the as a classic comedy show on TV, Carol Burnett show, helped to her to make a pivot, to make a turn. Whatever circumstances you are in, friends, find a way to make a pivot, make a turn. It might be a friend, it might be a neighbor, it might be you know, counseling, and it might involve and hopefully will involve laughter and humor. Seeing the good things in life, no matter what your situation is, you always got a g- great story to tell. You can always make it take a turn of tragedy into comedy. They're all kind of in there related in terms of being vulnerable about being sensitive about what goes in our life. And, uh, and Lisa David Olson gave us a lot of insights into that. And I hope you do check out Her website, lisa-davidolson.com, and her podcast, Stranger Connections, and find out more about what she offers and be helpful into your life. Here at Beyond Adversity, we look to be helpful into your life by offering great guests and great teaching and great insights on our website, drbradmeller.com. Lots of podcast episodes with great leaders, uh, doctors, and others who give you a medical perspective, therapists who give you a mental health perspective. Uh, other folks who've talked about businesses and uh, finances and other things like that to help you deal with what I like to call the 5 D's of adversity which are depression and divorce disease debt and death and you, th- those impact all of us but how we get through them makes all the difference but you know what we can use humor to uh to gather ourselves and get through a lot of those things and to move forward and take action to connect with a higher power, to have discipline and think about discipline in our life and to serve others with love. It's great to be with you here on Beyond Adversity. How about making a promise to yourself, everybody, making a promise to yourself to get better, to choose to navigate beyond adversity, to achieve peace, prosperity, and purpose in your life. So until next time, friends, I encourage you to make a promise and keep a promise Because there's power in a promise kept.